A subject not spoken about, the effects of menopause and how the body changes. What can be done to help with weight gain during this time? What's up everyone? Welcome back to the Zeddy Training Podcast. Thank you very much for listening in. So I, as you guys will already know, I left this episode a little bit open to you guys because I wanted to kind of just see a couple of them um, or rather what your pain points were and just kind of put a Q&A out to see what you guys wanted me to answer. So put it out in social media and I uh, got quite a lot of responses um, and I'm going to go through them because uh, sometimes it's good to kind of get a feel for what you guys want to see. It's all fine and well. I mean, the majority of the stuff that I put out is, uh, it's been kind of created through popular demand. So whether it's something our clients are stuck with or our members or just questions or nonsense we see on social media generally. But um, this time I thought I'd leave it out for you guys. We've got quite a lot to cover here, so absolutely we'll go through them. Now, obviously I can't speak for too long on each subject because there's only so much I can fit into a podcast and uh, I don't want to be boring you guys. So if there's anything that I've said that you want more information on or if you are if you want me to elaborate on, if it doesn't make sense, then please drop us a, a DM on Instagram or an email or just whatever's easier and more than happy to help you. So apologies for any background noise. Um, there's a bit of construction work happening and uh, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. So hopefully it doesn't get picked up. So the first question here we've got... Um, a subject not spoken about, the effects of menopause and how the body changes. What can be done to help with weight gain during this time? So menopause is a bit of a tricky one because it's something that we, although strictly speaking, we don't have qualifications to specifically work with someone who, you know, so for postmenopausal women or anyone that's got anything to do with um, symptoms uh, of menopause. Now, there's obviously the very general ones that you get. So you've got like hot flashes and weight gain, but some ladies do experience um, some other symptoms that you would potentially uh, need to diagnose with a GP. And that's something that we can't do. But we have worked with people or women rather, um, you know, pre, post, kind of mid, mid menopause, whatever you want to call it, and we've helped them lose weight easily. Now, the number one thing that you've got here is your metabolism. Okay, so naturally, what ends up happening uh, during um, menopause is your ovaries start producing estrogen, so estrogen, and the only place where it can then be kind of generated is going to be mainly in your fat cells. Now, from the studies and from anecdotal evidence, it's going to be in your stomach area, so the abdominal fat cells. So what that means is your body will kind of go lean more towards storing fat in that area to get estrogen, because obviously it slows the production of estrogen down. So that's why, like... Um, You'll hear about it, I'm not sure if you do, but the stomach will be called a third ovary. But what we're literally looking at here is naturally as a woman gets older, body fat becomes a lot easier. Now, one of the key reasons for that is because muscle mass starts to waste away. Now, muscle is, essen is essential, now, not only for kind of younger clients, but those that are getting older as well. So for every year, you're looking at potentially 0.5 uh, pounds of muscle being lost, which is a heck of a lot. Muscle mass is what allows, because remember, muscle is expensive. It's metabolically expensive. So what that means is your body burns uh, your um, your body burns more calories to keep to to feed muscle. It's the fuel for it, as opposed to body fat. So muscle is more expensive for the body to use. That's why we always hear about muscle being the key because it burns more calories at rest and fat not really doing much. So that's why it would make sense for you to have a little bit of more lean muscle mass in your body. The problem we have here is women are scared of muscle for whatever reason. 
season and they think they're going to turn into a big bodybuilder, which is just not going to happen. So the number one thing you can do if you're in this age, so it kind of, it differs, so I can't really say anything, but kind of 40 and above is exercise, okay? There's no better prescription, there's no better kind of um, bit of advice I can give you other than to get up and get moving. Your body is starting to waste away muscle mass. As a result of that, your metabolism naturally slows down and the amount of calories that you needed compared to maybe when you were in your teens, 20s and maybe 30s uh, would be a lot less to fuel your body because now your muscle's been wasting away and it won't take much to fuel your body. But women don't change their eating habits nor do they exercise, so that's why they, they gain weight. Your body slows down, but you're still eating the same way and you're not exercising. And that's why you gain a heck of a lot of weight. It's not a myth. It's not just something you have to deal with when they talk about, you know, like pregnancy where they say, oh, you're eating for two, you know, that, that nonsense. It's not the case, okay? You can easily get out of this. All you have to worry about now is shifting your mindset. If you can start to exercise, even walking every single day, it will be the single best thing that you can do. Yes, you may need to be a bit more smarter with your food choices because, of course, your ability to handle, you know, a heck of a lot more carbs compared to maybe... 10, 20 years ago, it won't be as efficient, but you can make it efficient, okay? This is something you please have to pay attention to, okay? There is no difference to you compared to maybe when you were 20 years ago if you put the exercise and the effort in, okay? If you were not doing anything, then of course, your body's just going to gain weight, but as your body naturally slows down, it's going to want to gain more body fat. So if you're, if you're listening to this just now and menopause is something you're concerned about, the single best thing I can say is please start to exercise. Ideally, resistance training. Weight training will be the best thing for you because you start to your body, when it wastes away, it will hold on to muscle mass. Now, I'll use the astronaut example here. Astronauts, when they go to space, need to exercise for two to three hours a day. You're probably thinking, how the heck do they do that when everything's flowing about? But when you're in space, there's no gravity to fight. So your body doesn't really need the muscle. Whereas on Earth here, you're, you're moving and your body needs um, to kind of go in motion and muscles provide the bodily movements. Um, well, it kind of helps you with, with your bodily movements. But what ends up happening in space is because your body is just flowing about, it doesn't see the muscle as necessary, so it starts to waste away. And that's why they need to exercise. So when you exercise, you give your muscles a reason, you give your body rather, a reason to hold on to your muscle because you're using it, okay? And this is why menopausal women struggle with weight gain is because they just don't want to exercise. The diet alone, unfortunately, isn't going to fix it all. You do need to have some form of exercise. The best form of exercise over time would be resistance training. So lifting weights, okay? Please, for the love of God, listen to this. You're not going to get huge and bulky lifting weights. If that was the case, then the many women that we've worked with over the years will be jacked and huge. None of them are, okay? So please bear that in mind. But that's the number one thing I can give you guys. And you know, the diet can only get you so far, but if you're kind of worried about menopause, you have to move. Exercise. There's no other way around it, okay? No other way around it. You have to be a bit more active now and start to take care of yourself. So next question here, how do you beat the sugar cravings? I have an awful sweet tooth. So sugar cravings, it's a very personal one, but the number one I would thing I would say is probably what you don't want to hear is fix your diet. Now Predominantly when it comes to food choices, proteins and vegetables, those two will be the two key things to really curb your appetite. Protein out of the three food groups, you've got your protein, carbohydrates and fats. Out of the three food groups, protein ranks very highly on the satiety scale, which means it keeps you feeling fuller for longer. So whenever we work with ladies or whenever we suggest increasing your protein, women struggle generally because it keeps you feeling fuller for longer. 
that's what you want. Of course, not only does it provide the building blocks of muscle and recovery, but it also keeps you feeling fuller for longer. Now, what that will do, now that what that will do is carb your sweet tooth a little bit as well. However, if you want to make it even more better or take it to the ultimate, then bring in more fruits and vegetables because high fibrous foods take time to digest. And what ends up happening is when you pair it with the other foods, so if you're having I don't know, chicken, okay, I'm going to use the most basic example here, okay, well, let's use an Asian example, so if you're going to have pilau, right, and you're going to have it with chicken instead, and you have some veggies at the side, the ultimate meal, you've got your chicken, you've got your rice, you've got your vegetables, and you're going to have some fats as well there, okay, depending on how you make it. Now, when you pair foods together, you slow the digestion of food down. What that means is you don't have an immediate sugar craving. You don't have a massive spike immediately because your body's breaking the foods down slowly. And this is what typically leads to sugar cravings for a lot of people. So the number one thing I would say is tidy up your diet a little bit. It sounds boring. I'm not telling you to eat broccoli every single meal, but just have some vegetables for God's sake. Like you, you need to do it. It's, you can't, there's nothing else I can say that will make you eat it, but I'm telling you what needs to be done. If you want to curb your sweet tooth and really focus a bit more on calorie control, that's the single best thing I can do. So number one, increase your protein. And number two, increase your intake of fruits and mainly vegetables, green leafy vegetables. And the other thing I forgot to mention is water. So, you know, you have your brain signals that sends it, so your brain sends signals to the stomach and water. You'll have heard this one before. Um, most of the time we think that we're hungry, we're actually not, we're just thirsty. So we need to drink water and it will satisfy your sweet tooth or just hunger in general. So keep your water intake high. If you want, you could start the day off with maybe 500 milliliters of like sugar-free diluting juice. Totally fine to do, as long as the remainder of the day is made up with proper water. If it just helps you get in fluids first thing in the morning, I'm all for that, okay? So absolutely, water is a key one as well. So next question, I'm trying to eat in portion and exercising five times a week, but I'm not losing any weight. So this is a bit of a tricky one because it depends on the individual here, but we need to look at weight. So I talk a lot about scale weight and not how not to measure it. The reason I say that, or why you shouldn't measure it. The reason I say that is because everyone will lose weight at different rates. So when you step on the scale, your body accounts for maybe five or seven different substances, or the scale accounts for five or different five to seven different substances. So your goal is fat loss. It's not weight loss, okay? This leads into the example of menopause because when you get older, your goal is going to be trying to retain as much lean tissue as possible because that is what will allow you to keep metabolism somewhat healthy. It's a very tricky topic to speak about in a podcast, but it will allow your body to hold on to um, or keep metabolism somewhat healthy. Weight gain will be a bit more harder and weight loss can be something you can still achieve going into those later years. And that's why I say to a lot of people, when it comes to gaining or losing weight, don't just focus on the scale because the scale will take into account water, fat as well, water inside and outside extra cells, extra intracellular and extracellular cells if you want to get all geeky there, um, food that's not being digested, muscle, bone mass, it takes into account a lot of things, okay? So I wouldn't really worry about weight. But when you're talking about eating in portion, yes, portion control is important, getting in fruits and vegetables is important, but eventually that will only get you so far. So you then need to start thinking about, am I getting in enough protein each meal? Because protein is what will allow your body, if you're exercising, what kind of exercise are you doing? Are you just going for a walk every single day? Which is great, it will give you results, but over time your body will get used to it. And that's why doing some body weight stuff, maybe some resistance training would benefit you. And this is why it's very important to start to give your body extra stress. The body loves what we call homeostasis. It loves just to be given the same thing and it loves to adapt, okay? That's why when I say to people, when you're starting a new exercise routine, nourish your body, but keep 
keep hanging in there because it will eventually adapt. But you don't want to stay there. You want to give your body a bit more each time you work out because that is what will allow it to change, to grow and to um, experience new stimuli so that it can adapt to it and then you'll get stronger and fitter and you'll lose body fat, okay? So what kind of exercise are you doing? Are you doing proper exercises where you're using all your muscles? Um, maybe that's something to think about. Um, with your potions, of course, it's great, but are you getting in enough fruits and vegetables, enough protein in each meal? That's another thing to think about as well. In terms of um, measuring your weight, please don't be bogged in with the scale, okay? It's all nonsense. It's not going to, it's good for data gathering, but not for your progress. I would instead focus old school measuring tapes using photos and clothes, okay? If you use those, you will then see whether you are losing weight or not, okay? Please remember that. Postpartum uh, belly fat loss. Nothing special here, no different to anybody else. The only thing is after you after pregnancy, you're gonna body's gonna be kind of in a, gonna be pulled in 101 directions. But ultimately it's about taking your time with fat loss. It will take a bit longer, but it, there's no special period. I, and I know this is gonna sound a bit controversial and I may get a bit stick for this, but this whole eating freely because you're pregnant, using it as an excuse and then gaining all that weight and then complaining and saying you know, it's my fault. Uh, sorry, it's the fault that it's because I was pregnant. No, it wasn't, okay? A lot of people just take the absolute piss out of it. And apologies for my language here, but it needs to be said, okay? Now, of course, there's a lot of emotional distress and there's a lot of psychological things that happen when you're pregnant. I get that, okay? I'm in no position to speak about that. But you need to really have a think about what you're eating if you're pregnant because you have you have ultimate control over how much body weight you gain. Now, I know there's things like gestational diabetes and other things that can occur that may not be your fault. I get that. But I think I was reading a study somewhere. I'll try and link it somewhere, but if I can remember, but I think they say like 85 to 90% of women have full control or 85%, 85 to 95% of the time, you have control over how much weight you gain. And that ultimately comes into a lot of ladies just using it as an excuse to eat a lot. So have a little think about that. And if it is, if you've gotten to that position and you know that, okay, you've probably eaten a bit too much and you've been a bit relaxed and you've gained a lot of weight, then the only way to lose it is the exact same way you would lose it any other time of the year if you weren't pregnant, okay? So good quality food, exercising and being patient. That's the only way. There's no special method for it, unfortunately. The one thing you do need to be careful of is deficiencies and lower back. So obviously, depending on um, the method, of your pregnancy, so if it was like a C-section, you need to be very careful because obviously your core is going to be quite sensitive. But also, if you've had any nutritional deficiencies during pregnancy, you do need to account for that as well. So we can't speak about that. So the GP will tell you if there's anything that's happened that you can address and then focus on that as well. So don't, please do not starve yourself. We've seen complications arise from people who've just had a kid and they go straight into starvation diets. I hate that word starvation, but low calorie diets. And it's had the opposite effect and they've had to go back to see the GP. So please be careful, okay? But again, when you've had a kid, there's nothing different here. It's the exact same principles. Maybe just your body is going to be a little bit more sensitive, but you just do it the exact same way that you would if you were not pregnant, okay? Uh, weight loss with PCOS, again, something that we can only speak with. Um, how's What's the best way? How should I phrase this we can only speak lightly on this subject we can't speak too much about it again you need to be going to someone who's qualified to deal with um, something like this but when you're looking at pcos the main issue that you've got and we've had plenty of clients with pcos so i'm in a position to speak about it um in this kind of 
uh, context. But with PCOS, the main issue that you'll have is with blood sugar. So insulin sensitivity. So your ability to utilize and update carbohydrates to where they need to go. So that's why when you go to the GP, they'll either tell you one or two things. This is what we've been told from so many people is you're going to struggle big time to, to lose weight or you need to go on a low carb diet kind of true but you can actually have control you can dictate the speed of that the number one thing for those with pcos or the number one thing that helps resistance training okay the study after study has shown that once you resistance train your ability to handle sugars will be enhanced twofold that is the best thing that you can do so provided that you're healthy and you've got medical clearance to exercise intensely and with weights the first step that you should do start to get into a good quality resistance training program okay now with our clients that have got pcos we start them off quite slowly for the first four weeks maybe doing some bodyweight stuff and then we get them resistance training we tweak their diet a little bit carbohydrates can be kind of cycled but you're looking mainly at fruits and vegetables and i know you get told to stay away from fruits but getting good quality green leafy veg, getting in plenty of protein, and then focusing into getting into a good resistance training program. So if you can work with someone or if you're confident enough to do it yourself, strength training would be one of the best things for you. And that's what we do with clients and we get results, okay? It just requires a bit of monitoring and a bit of patience, but um, that's kind of the key thing when it comes to PCOS, okay? So that's as far as we can we can talk and it's something we've done with clients as well. So we kind of know what we're speaking about in that sense. How to count macros? Um, the mm, bit of a tough one that I think you mean how to kind of calculate them. So do you mean how to count them? So proteins, carbs, and fats and calories. Um, you know, using an app is probably the best way. So my fitness pal is the most common one. Um, and you'll be able to kind of weigh things out and take barcode scans of food, and you'll be able to tell. So if you want to figure out what your macros actually are, that's a different question. If that's the case, drop us a DM, and we'll send you over some resources. But using my fitness pal is probably the best. The only thing you need to be careful. Of of when it comes to my fitness pal is it's crowdsourced so the data on that is predominantly put in by individuals so people all over the world so some of it can be a bit inaccurate and especially when it comes to asian food but that would be the best way to check your um daily carbs fats protein um intake and what the grams are how to weight train a uh, bit of an opening question i'm not sure how to answer that um probably better off done in a video so apologies i will get that answered but when it comes to weight training, your focus should be using multi-joint movements or doing multi-joint movements where you use the most muscles. So that's why, do you know, if you're new to this, then doing a, you know upper body, lower body splits may help uh, because you just want to get the wheels in motion. So that's why when people get told to do like squats and lunges and presses and rows, it's because those muscles, uh, those uh, movements use the more most muscles so your legs depending on if it's the front of the thighs the quadriceps or the back of the thighs the hamstrings are composed of a couple of different muscles the more muscles your body uses the more energy it's using and the more calories it burns not only that you'll also get a better training response from that so it's very important that when you're doing it you're not just doing glute kickbacks and booty you know booty kickback whatever you want to call it or crunches all day that's not going to do much for you you want to be doing whole body movements okay so multi-joint movements rather those will be the best things but again it's one that i may have to answer in a video it's a bit tough to talk about in a podcast uh does it matter where calories come from uh eg junk or good food this is a bit of a tricky one because i did a post on this and somebody had kicked up a bit of a fuss about calories 
Now, at the end of the day, it does come down to calories, okay, energy. But yes, food quality does matter because that is what will allow your body to digest and absorb foods a lot more efficiently. If you try to just eat junk food all the time, you will notice some weight loss, but your body will eventually stall. You'll feel very rubbish, you won't have any energy, and you will not want to carry on. The reason that you need to be making sure that 80% 80 to 90% of the time you're eating good quality foods is because your body can break down the foods better. So the whole food they've got digestive enzymes your body can work with to break it down better it will give you a sustained release of energy your workouts will be productive sleep will be productive you know you'll be able you, you, your um the signaling from the brain to the stomach will be a lot more in sync that's what you want to focus on okay but the problem is people hear healthy food clean food and they think bland food and oats and egg whites which is a load of crap okay you can eat good quality foods and make it taste good okay you've seen some of the stuff that we put out some of the photos that we upload of clients and what they eat you can eat flexibly you can eat chicken breast marinate it any way you want provided it's not crazy fried and dipped in oil and stuff but you need to eat good quality foods but make it bloody taste good okay the reason a lot of you're failing is because you're not enjoying your food okay put some effort into it, a little bit of effort and you will stick to it the best diet is the one that you can stick to and i don't even want to call it a diet but the best plan or eating regime is the one that you can stick to. So if you enjoy it, you will stick to it. And guess what happens when you're patient and you stick with it? You get results. So yes, calories and um, food quality does matter because it will provide your body with uh, proper nourishment and you can maintain it. But you can still eat a bit of junk food here and there and keep it within your daily caloric needs. Okay, that's what we do with clients and it's what we recommend. Flexibility. Okay. Lack of motivation and consistency. This is uh, this one popped up a good five or six times. Motivation. First thing, this is very personal, and I can't just whatever I'm going to say to you just now probably won't do the trick. But the number one thing I would say is, what are you trying to achieve in the first place? Because a lot of people, they're very, they're not clear as to what their goal is. So it's you know a lot of people we get also uh, want to. They're they're getting comments from other people, and they're just they're not doing it for themselves. You need to figure out why you're wanting to achieve the goal that you're wanting to achieve, okay? Number one. Sounds corny, may sound all uh, stuff off the textbook, but it's it's true, okay? When we work with someone, we ask them what their motives are, why they want to achieve their goal, who are they doing it for? When you do it for yourself, nothing else matters, okay? The other thing is, what are you actually doing to lose weight? Are you being patient? You know, 90% of the people that we deal with or send us questions do something for two to three weeks and they give up. And it's not gonna it's not gonna happen in two to three weeks, okay? It's gonna take longer than that. So w- w- why is there a kind of a bit of impatience? I, I understand, because I, I want results quick as well. But is there like a goal? Is there like a time frame you're looking to achieve? What, what exactly is the, what, what's going on there? Why do you want to achieve it in such a short space of time? Even though it's not gonna be achievable, you do need to be realistic about it as well because weight loss takes time, okay? There's no two ways about that. But motivation mainly stems from that is who are you doing it for, really? Be honest with yourself. Are you wanting to do it for yourself? You know, lack of consistency is another one as well. Lack of consistency mainly comes into two things, okay? Your workout programming sucks and you're not enjoying the foods that you're eating. They're, they're the most common ones that we come across. Okay, so that's another thing to look at as well. Are you eating balanced, but are you enjoying your bloody foods? Okay, you're not low carbing for the freaking week and then enjoying yourself for the weekend with a cheat meal. That's this is a very dated approach that I need you guys to stop. Okay, please stop this nonsense. It's not gonna. 
be healthy, it's not going to be sustainable, okay? You want to eat good quality foods every single day and still enjoy something that you would consider unhealthy every day and exercise and be uh, uh, be consistent with that because that is what will allow you to lose weight in a, in a manner that you just don't find, that you won't find a chore, okay? You'll be able to enjoy the process. If you can find the process enjoyable, you'll lose weight, okay? I know that's probably not what you wanted to hear, but out of all the stuff that I give out, there needs to be some cold hard facts, some truths in there, okay? And you just need to be patient with it. If you're not if you're not going to be patient, then apologies, but you're just not going to get anywhere, okay? You have to be patient. If it's something you're really, really struggling with, work with someone, for God's sake, you know? Not just us. We just put the information out there. Of course, you want if you want to speak to us, go for it. But there's a ton of great trainers out there. What are you bloody spending your money on? You know, the amount of times that we come across people who are having their daily Costa runs or buying crap, going out, having desserts every day, and they're wasting a good, you know, 100, 150 quid a month, if not more, on stuff they do not need. Online shopping, garbage like that. Now, yes, it is maybe considered a necessity, but then you complain about that you can't lose weight, and then you waste money on products and detox days. Now, I'm not aiming this at you, whoever asked the question, apologies. It's just what we come across a lot. So if it's something that you're serious about, work with someone, okay? Get the coaching for a good three, four, five months and have the tools there. Is it worth Is it? Worth it? Are you willing to give up at least a couple of months to, you know, get into shape, first of all, most importantly, but then have the tools to do it for the rest of your life, okay? Think about that for a second. If that's the case, money won't be an issue. You'll make, you'll make sure the money's there, Okay, so that's another thing I would say, if you really are stuck, go and find someone and work with them. Uh, how to exercise with debilitating health problems? Tricky to answer, depending on what the problems are. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to answer depending on, because I need to know what it is. So please drop us a, a DM and we can work on that. It may be a case of going to the GP first of all and finding out what the health problems are. Because if it's something that if it's something that's stopping you from exercising, then it's something that we can't do, unfortunately. Um, planning nutrition, um, e.g. macro split in a post-workout meal. Is it true you shouldn't eat fats after a workout, etc.? Good question. Um, so typically when your body works out, there was this idea that your body's nourishing carbs and proteins and sugars, okay? Now, they, they talk about the glycogen equation. Now, if you're weight training or if you're doing a, a good amount of HIIT training, then you're your body's demand for glycogen isn't what it once was or what we once thought it was, okay? So glycogen takes a good, you know, I think they stay between 16 to 28 hours or something to replenish, so it takes time. So unless you're doing endurance exercises along with the weight training, then don't worry too much about the split. But uh, when it comes to the types of food you're having, you still do one, you know, protein first of all, carbs, up to you. You can have a good amount or have a small amount, it's up to yourself. It's mainly about having enough over the course of the whole day. Um, Now, the reason that they say avoid fats post-workout is because fats um, slow digestion down. So when you pair foods with fats, it breaks it down slowly and it takes a bit of time to empty out. So that's why they say post-workout, get in, you know, fast-acting stuff which is kind of true, but kind of not, because at the end of the day, it's done over a prolonged period. So um, especially, but if you're like an endurance athlete, or if you've done something like a massive, solid kick-ass hit session, then yes, you could probably bring in some fruits and some carbs uh, along with protein. But fats, yeah, I would say the only time of the day where you probably don't want to have it is going to be post-workout, because it slows digestion down, but any other time you can bring it in. So that was a good question. Um, How do I get started counting and tracking calories? Worked at BMR, but any good apps? MyFitnessPal, probably the best way to track the calories. 
what you want to do is when you get your BMR, this is not going to be right. You need to then take this number that you've got. So if you get 1600, for example, you then step on the scale and use the scale for data gathering purposes. Okay, yeah, I told you earlier not to use it, but I did also say <laughs> use it for data gathering purposes only. So what I mean by this is take the number you've got. Now for 10 to 14 days, every single morning, you want to be checking your weight on the scale. So get out, get up out of bed, use the bathroom, empty your fluids, step on the scale, do this for 10 to 14 days, okay? Considering, uh, um, assuming that you're having those calories that you've got for the BMR that you worked out, okay? The purpose behind this exercise is at the end of day 13 or 14, you want to look back at your log. Did your weight change much? Did it not? If it was a, if there were small fluctuations or if it didn't change much, then the number that you got for your BMR was a pretty decent number. If your weight kept dropping, it's a bit too low. You want to bring it back up a little bit. And I know it sounds a bit weird because you're thinking, right, but if it's dropping, that's a good thing. But I'll explain why in a second. If the weight shot up quite a bit, it's a bit too high. So you want to look for that sweet spot where the weight either stayed the same or if there wasn't that many major fluctuations, okay? Now, if it dropped too quickly, what you need to remember is when ladies work out, you want to try and keep a calorie balance that that's fairly at the high end, okay? So if you can get to a number that keeps your body weight the same, that's more towards the high end, this is amazing. Because eventually, after maybe a good two to three months when you want to bring calories down a little bit, when your body starts to adapt, you can do so. But the problem is most ladies start off very low as it is. And they go even lower and they go even lower and they start wasting away muscle tissue and a whole host of catastrophic side effects then take place. So always try and work on the higher end if you can. That will be the best way to lose body fat consistently and gradually. Best tip I can give you, okay? But yeah, my fitness pal is a good one to track your food and then do that method over 10 to 14 days and that will give you an idea as to what that BMR number or how that fares against your um, body, okay? Um, how to keep going and stay consistent when you've reached your goal. I think I know who asked this one. <laughs> so this is a former client of ours. Um, so when it comes to reaching your goal, this is very difficult for a lot of people. Um, if you've reached your goal, that's bloody amazing, first of all. But what I would say is taking photos is one of the best things that you can do. Because when you take a photo, or if you can even compare it to an older photo, you're always going to have that vision in your head as to what you were like previously. And just think of it this way. You don't want to go back to the way you were, which is not going to happen unless you just didn't do anything for the next couple of weeks. But try to think back to the way you were, try to think back to the way you felt and just say to yourself, do I want to be like that again? Okay. It sounds quite harsh, but it sometimes you need that. Okay. The next best thing I could do is if you've reached a goal, set yourself some new goals, <laughs> you know, so when you've reached a goal, then it can be quite hard to motivate yourself. So set some new goals, maybe try to focus a bit more on um, reducing areas and stubborn body uh, body compartments. Now, I know that's not possible, but you can overall, but then give a bit of attention to those areas. So if let's, for example, your glutes were a weak point, focus a bit more on your glutes for the next, you know, three to four weeks. If upper body was a weakness, focus on getting stronger over the next couple of weeks. So there's always a way that you can do it. Um, but what I would say the best way to do it is just think about the, think, think how you were before and always imagine that if you were to take a week off training or if you just gave up and you just started to become lazy, you may potentially go back to the way you were, which is not true, but it's always good to have the back of your mind just to scare you a little bit. A bit extreme, but it's a good way to do it. Something that I've done previously with clients. Pregnancy and how to control the weight gain. If you are currently pregnant, then it's a bit tricky here because your body does need um, extra calories. I think they say about pregnancy can cost up to like 40 
thousand calories. I have no idea how it works actually. I think they were saying, um, you know, potentially ladies end up consuming, you know, about up to thirty to forty thousand calories extra during the period, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it kind of adds up. Um, I think I read that somewhere. But when you're looking at pregnancy, it, exactly now, depending on if you've got deficiencies, the GP will tell you about this. Make sure you've got those needs covered. Something we can't do, but make sure you've got those covered. And if you do, then it's going to be the exact same way that you would if you were not pregnant, okay? Keeping active, eating good quality foods, okay? Now, I know this... Uh, uh, I get it, you know, in this in this kind of um, culture that we've got, when you go to someone's house or if you go to your mum's house and it's always put your feet up and we'll feed you everything, you're pregnant. And I get that, okay, it's a very stressful time, but you'd still need to be a bit responsible, okay? So what I would say to you is just imagine that you're not pregnant. I know that sounds stupid, right? But just imagine you're not pregnant and just try to eat good quality food and just maintain, be active. Now, exercise, of course, is going to be different when you're pregnant, of course. Um, but if you can even go for a walk every single day if you're if you're in good health, I would say it's all, if you're, if you're pregnant or not pregnant, it's all, let me say it one more time, okay? You're listening. It's all about energy, calories, whether you're pregnant or you're not, okay? If you eat more calories than your body needs per day, you will gain weight, whether you're pregnant or not. If you take in slightly fewer, you will lose weight. Don't do this when pregnant because you shouldn't be trying to lose weight anyway when you're pregnant because the health of the baby is your number one priority. But you can 100% control weight gain, okay, easily. Don't attempt to lose weight during um, pregnancy. It's not going to be easy and it's going to be very dangerous. But you absolutely can control the amount of body weight that you gain. Okay, so try and be active, eat good quality foods, increase your protein and fiber, that's number one, because that will help you feel fuller for longer, uh, and just trust in the process. Now, when it comes to uh, pregnancy, there's going to be a big shift in the way that you, you, for example, you may have cravings and stuff, that's very different. I can't really help you with that because that's going to be very individual, so you may have some crazy cravings, and whatever it may be, drop us a DM and we'll be glad to help you out and give you a bit of a steer with that, but um, the general principles will always remain. It's all about energy, calories. So be active, drink lots of water, get in a good amount of protein, um, fruits and vegetables a day, and you should be fine. Hypothyroidism and tips on how to overcome the difficulty in losing weight due to the condition. So when it comes to thyroids, again, it's very tricky um, because your doctor will diagnose it and he'll give you the pills. Now, I know with certain medication, you can gain and get, get a bit bloated due to water retention. Sometimes you won't, but it all, again, comes into the energy equation the only difference is your body may need a bit more or a bit less depending on the condition that you've got but if you've got this condition again this is going to sound very controversial but a lot of ladies are using this as an excuse to say that they're not going to be able to lose weight they try something for two to three weeks and they just give up but you still need to remember it's still the exact same it may be a bit you may need to be a bit more patient um, if you've got any, if it's going to be hyper or hypo, you need to be a bit patient. You may need to start having a bit more intense workout programs if it's safe, because sometimes your body just adapts to the walks and stuff, but you do need to push yourself um, in order to progress and the amount of food that you're taking. So whether it's hyper or hypo, don't go too low in calories, because when you go too low in calories, your body starts to waste away muscle tissue, which is not what you want. So again, no difference there. It's all about um, having a a good calorie balance and burning more than you take in. Now, with regard to the condition itself, there's nothing that I can advise unless it's something, you know, very general. But from what we've seen and from what the data recommends or suggests, 
there's no difference. It's just the same as anyone who didn't have any issue with the thyroid. It's just that your metabolism will be altered a little bit and you may need to be a bit more patient or not go too low in calories. But again, to answer it very specifically, your GP will be best place to answer that because it will be irresponsible for us to do that. How to bypass, uh, bypass a plateau in weight loss? Um, the three things that we're looking at, number one, is your nutrition. So your quality of food that you're taking in, how many calories you're taking in, because people hit a wall very quickly when they go too low in calories because your body's just not going to be able to function and it just doesn't want to burn any more fat because when you go too low in calories, like I said, your body starts to use muscle because muscle is readily available. Okay, it's expensive, but it's readily available. The other thing also is your exercise. The workout actually, no, in fact, let me let me tra- backtrack. I'd say the workouts are the most important ones because what people are doing is they're not going into the workouts with purpose. They go in there just to chase a sweat to get good exercise, okay, which is great. You're being active. I'm happy about that. But if your focus is, you know, purely fat loss and you really want to shape up, then you need to go in there with a plan. Now, if you're not getting stronger each week, your body is just doing the same thing over and over again. Hitting a plateau is very easy to do because like I said, the body loves the word homeostasis. It, um, it loves to stay the same, okay? It doesn't want to do anything else. So you need to then force it to change, force it to grow. Best thing you can do, you know, get an app or take a notepad with you, focus on what reps, sets, exercises, you know, supersets, drop sets, whatever you do, and each week improve on that over a six-week cycle. Four, maybe four to six week cycle, okay? That's how you bust out of a plateau. You you record what you've done and you consciously go into the workout and you think, right, last week I did this, I'm going to do this. This is the best thing you can do. We do it with clients and we rarely hit any plateaus, okay? Because we're focusing on what they did and get them always reaffirming or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Always putting in their head rather that you need to go into your workout trying to improve on what you did previously and if you do that you will you won't need to worry too much about plateau okay the other thing um i wanted to focus on with regards to a plateau is your recovery so sometimes um, people are just run down when they just exercise women are guilty of this because there's always that more is better kind of approach um so you need to remember that um weight loss you know lean tissue gain muscle gain fitness health strength whatever you want to call it it all is a process of the body being broken down and you also then need to um, replenish it you need to get recovered so it's very important that you bear that in mind when it comes to um weight uh, weight loss or just any goal because you're breaking your body down you can't expect it to come back stronger if you're not giving it good rest and recovery so good r and r is probably the best way to get past that even take a week off the gym i did this a couple of weeks ago and i came back much stronger because i just wasn't progressing i took a full week off and um, gave myself some good food relaxed a little bit and my body and my central nervous system was fired up and ready to go so that's the other one um online coaching um something you will need to just, just drop us an email we can give you some more information Barber Online Coaching is quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say it's application-based, but it's very, um, it's not something that we sign everyone onto because yes, the results are there and we work very closely with people, but we can only work with the type of people that are ready to change your body. So when we put out adverts, we'll be putting out another one actually shortly on personal training. 
we're very specific because we can't just say here's everything work with us we need to have a chat with you over the phone we need to find out about your health your your previous history your exercise history and what your specific goal is what your time frame is because we need to be realistic we get a lot of people asking us questions about programs and whether they can work with us for two months and that's it but we can't because we pride ourselves on results results is what we focus on you know, the majority of the testimonials, in fact, all of them that we've put on, you know, we've got a 97% success rate. And we don't boast about that, but we're doing it, you know, we say it with confidence, but we say it with pride. Because when someone works with us, they they give us, you know, their, you know at least three, four, five months, ideally four to five months of their time, allow us to help them, coach them daily, drop body fat dropping off constantly, and then get them into a shape that they can then be extremely happy with themselves. They can walk by the mirror and be happy with what they see. Look back on photos and be happy with what they see. So just bear this in mind. If you do want to inquire, just drop us an email or drop us a DM on Instagram if it's easier. We'll have a chat with you um, and then we'll take it from there because we need to be making sure that you're in the right frame of mind. Uh, and that's why we, we don't really advertise PT um, quite a lot. Best post-workout meal nothing just have a combination a good a combination of good quality carbs and proteins you know i mean you can have a chicken wrap if you want you can have um a protein smoothie with some whey and some porridge oats mixed in there um which is totally fine to have you could have a protein shake with a banana a bit of fruit um you can have tuna paninis you can have tuna baked potato anything carbs and proteins good quality carbs and proteins combined will do the job okay so fat loss for women um struggling with stubborn fat around the arms yeah so something if uh, i'll probably say refer back to the last podcast episode i'm not being lazy uh, i'm so sorry i'm not being lazy here but that podcast episode covered exactly what you have said and it provides much more detail because stubborn fat is something that we get asked about a lot so if you could just please refer back to the previous episode um and uh, it'll explain everything there's no nonsense in that one no um, filling in the gaps it's all it's all there for you and get straight to the point and it will be very very useful okay i promise best supplement which protein is best for women blah, blah, blah. So, yeah so protein is something that has been thrown about quite a lot if you've been following this for a while you should know now that protein powders are completely safe they're just providing an extension um to your diet so it just helps you get in a bit more protein but too many women are getting misled by these i think it's called diet proteins or whatever nonsense it is all you need is a basic whey protein powder. Now, it may be labelled pure whey protein. It may be labelled a, pro a whey protein concentrate. Both are totally fine. What you want to watch out for is whey protein isolate, which is totally fine. It just it has more concentrated form of protein in it, and it's more expensive, and it's not worth it. You're getting in five or six grams more protein that's a bit more filtered, but in the grand scheme of things, won't make much of a difference. Okay, so you can pay the extra couple of pounds or you can just get a good quality whey protein and be done with it, okay? So diet protein or any low fat, low diet, whatever crap you want to call it, not necessary. It's just a fancy marketing term. Stick with the whey protein and you'll be just fine, okay? There's no special diet protein for women. It's the same protein you would have for a man or a woman, okay? It's all about the amount that you take in, okay? So if your goal is weight loss, there's no specific diet plan for a woman or a man. Yes, depending on things like PCOS or certain medical conditions, it might be tweaked a little bit. But ultimately, if you want to gain weight or, weight or lose weight, it's all about the amount of the food that you eat. Okay, it needs to be good quality, of course, but it's the amount. Always remember that. Okay, guys, so just over 40 minutes. Thank you very much for uh, bearing with. Um, 
I had a couple more questions there, but I um, I won't be able to go through them as I am out of time. Apologies. I will cover them next time before I begin my next episode. But just a couple of uh, important um, questions I felt were more important because they were the one that came on that came up quite um, the more common ones that popped up quite a lot. Uh, if they did help you, then please do leave a review because, like I said, with us, we're just like any other personal training business out there. So we're trying to reach people and educate and help a lot of people. But our big focus really is providing a lot of free education. So yes, we've got our paid services, but we want to release all these bits of content and provide as much help and support for, you know, no money at all. So it would mean a lot to us, um, a lot to myself, if you could please just drop um, as a review. If you're an iPhone user, it's a lot easier because you just simply click on the podcast icon that you listen to this podcast on. And in the bottom of the episode, there's a write a review and you don't do anything. It just takes half a second to do. So it would mean a lot if you can just put something there and just let us know what you thought of the episode. You don't have to, but it'd be awesome if you could. Um, if there's anything else that you want me to cover, guys, or if you want to ask us a question, as always, please drop us a DM on good old Instagram or Facebook or an email. I'd be more than happy to help you. But thank you very much. In terms of updates, not much happening. Um, our members area is being revamped completely. So there's a lot of new things happening there. Um, I'm going to be putting up an update very soon on that because it's important. Um, it's important that you say it in a video because it may be easier to explain and I'll be able to answer questions. Whereas with a podcast, you can't actually answer live time. So I'll probably put it out in a live session or an Instagram video and I'll be able to help you guys out. So that's kind of the main thing that's happening. Um, not much really, uh, obviously with COVID-19, everything's up in the air at the moment. So we're just kind of helping clients who want to train at home, which has worked out perfectly fine. In fact, I'd probably say the clients that we've worked out that have transitioned from home to home workouts have actually lost more prog- uh, lost more weight and made better progress than if they were at the gym or even on our compared to our gym-based clients because they can do it around their own time. With online coaching, they've got me there at any time. It's not like you have to turn up to an appointment at the gym, especially if you've had a long day at work and you just either you've just got no energy or you just don't have time to attend the gym. Whereas here, you know, we can always rearrange a session because if we're doing it online, we can tell you how to do it and stuff. So it's quite cool. So I'd probably say that's a bit of a shock factor that we've experienced. Uh, but yeah, guys, anyway, um, thank you very much for listening in. Um, as always, any questions, drop us a DM and I'll catch up with you guys very soon. Thank you very much.